On today's episode, I'm going to do my yearly episode that is a deep dive on product research. I'm going to be giving you guys all my latest strategies for 2021, including some strategies I've never given on this podcast before. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. And it's about that time to give you guys my blueprint, my 2021 blueprint for product research. Uh, that's the name of the game, isn't it, right? You know, we we talk about all these strategies here on this show, you know, selling on Walmart, selling on Newegg, how to do your PPC, how to do your keyword research. But what is the actual first step in most Amazon seller's journey? Well, not most, probably all of you. The first step is you've got to find a product to sell on Amazon. And it's not just like, hey, I'm just going to decide to sell this product and I'm going to be successful. No, the, the key is finding where the opportunity is. And to be able to do that, you have to understand what is opportunity on Amazon. You know, I've got my own definition. I'm going to share that with you guys. You might have your own definition. There's no one right answer. However, there are wrong answers. Okay, so we're going to talk today about uh, the different characteristics of what opportunity is and more importantly, maybe what opportunity is not on Amazon. We're gonna go over some different ways to find products on and off of Amazon that have countless different ways to do it. I'm gonna go into a method that we talked about in Project X about doing a PPC test listing and how that can further validate your idea. And I'm gonna give you guys some bonus methods too. So let us go ahead and hop right into it. Now, just first of all, just some background on on what I've been doing lately, you know, like how am, am I sitting here thinking that I'm qualified to tell you guys about product research? Well, here at Helium 10, we've been working on some case studies that I actually have head, uh, headed up. You know, you guys, of course, know about Project X that's on YouTube. Those products now have almost a year under their belt and they are still going strong, well over six figures of sales on those products. And since then, I've also had a couple episodes here on the Serious Sellers podcast where I talked about Project 5K, originally how we sold fifth or 12 products, actually launched 12 products for under $5,000. Those products are all still going as well. And I expanded out Project 5K this year to be a, a bunch of different products and projects where I spent $5,000 on each of them to get them uh, scaled up. And they are already a lot of them six figure products by themselves. So I've been doing this guys. Like I don't just like try and like watch YouTube videos and, and copy what other people are doing. No, I'm actually in the game with you guys because as I always say, you know, unless you're in it, it's going to be really hard for you for somebody to, you know, speak from any kind of position of authority if you guys aren't in it. Even if you guys were really big sellers like nine months ago, that's sometimes a lot of that knowledge can be meaningless because of how much Amazon changes. So I'm currently managing uh, products from these case studies that I'm working on that are overall uh, seven figures worth of sales. So trust me, guys, I'm not, you know, some kind of a perfect uh, product picker, you know, like, hey, everybody has products that don't do as well as, you know, they, as we expect. 
However, I am pretty much confident with these strategies that we are gonna go over today that um, I can say, hey, this is what's worked for me. I hope it's gonna work for you. And I love to hear from you guys at you know which aspects of what I'm gonna go over today you guys are going to execute in 2021. So the first question is, how can you make money? Now, some of you guys might be thinking, wait a minute, Project 5K, What about, I don't even have Project 1K, I don't even have $1,000. How am I supposed to start selling on Amazon when I don't have any funds? Well, guys, I'm actually gonna have you covered on that. Uh, the next episode, which is going to be, I believe, episode 202, 203 around there, the one right after this one. Guys, I just recorded it today as well. It is a great episode with Andy Slammons, and we're gonna be talking about retail arbitrage, okay? Retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, it's a great way for people to kind of scale up and get that money to start. So I don't want you guys tuning out saying, hey, I don't even have any money to invest in this. You know, That was the reason why I did that Project 5K uh, test case study a while back. Hey, I launched 12 products for $5,000. Some of them only cost five, six, $700 to launch. So there are ways to launch private label on Amazon for not that much money. Or if you do want to uh, invest a couple of thousand dollars or more, well, there are other ways that you can start saving up money. Make sure to check out the next episode when we get to that. Now, a lot of what we're gonna go over today is part of a longer two-hour workshop that I did. So if you guys want to listen to that entire workshop, you know, two, it's about two hours long and it's got lots of slides and visuals and things like that, you can go to h10.me forward slash products, products with an S. All right, so let's get into it now. The first thing I wanna talk about, and I think it's very important when we're talking about private label, is first of all, what is a sign of a lack of opportunity? You know, sometimes we focus too much on what is opportunity that we have the wrong signals for that, all right? We've got to understand what are the signals that is not opportunity. The first thing that I think is the most obvious that almost everybody universally looks at is reviews, all right? So like if you type in collagen peptides, you're gonna see tons and tons of products on page one that have 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 reviews. Now, why to me or to most people is that not opportunity? Well, because think about it, as a buyer, you, you see products with 10, 15,000 reviews, uh, you know, and all things else are equal. Like, let's say the price is equal. Let's say your knowledge of the brand, you don't know any of these brands, so they're all kind of equal to you. If you saw a bunch with 10, 15,000 reviews, and then there's a couple new products like with zero or one reviews, are you gonna buy the one with zero or one reviews if all other things are equal? Of course not, you know? And, and that's the way that the average buyer in America is. Now, this is not to say that, oh my goodness, you know, it is impossible to scale up a product in a niche that has, reviews that are saturated. No, of course, there's a lot of exceptions. There is no 100% rule of thumb here, guys, all right? Like, for example, you could be some humongous brand like Adidas, right? And you come out with something new, like collagen peptides, like Adidas collagen peptides. It doesn't matter if you have zero reviews, everybody knows your brand. They're like, hey, this is Adidas. I'm gonna go ahead and buy some uh, collagen peptides. Easy collagen peptides? Sure, I'll, I'll take some, even though it has zero reviews. So. But the majority of you guys are not Adidas listening out there. So let, let's let's just make sure that we understand that that first one is pretty much universal, but there are exceptions. So again, if you see tons and tons of reviews on the main keyword, it might be a sign to stay away because it will be hard to scale up. Another thing that could be the case is if you just see like all, too many competitors selling the same thing, all right? Too many competitors selling the same thing. Like if you type in right now iPhone 
what's the latest iPhone? Like iPhone X Pro or whatever it is, XS Pro or XR. What you're gonna see on page one, page two, page three, page four is just like tons and tons of almost the exact same product. You're gonna see the same images and, and the, pretty much the same functions and things like that. So if there's too many people all vying to sell almost the exact same product and there's very little way to differentiate yourself, that might be another sign to stay as uh, away as well. You guys remember Project X, the coffin shelf? There was one person selling a coffin shelf and they most of the time weren't even in stock. All right, they were most of the year they weren't even in stock and there's just one person. That's the kind of thing that gets me excited. If I go on a, a page, remember what we did in Project X and we went to the burrito blanket and then uh, everybody in Alibaba was selling the same thing? That's another thing you don't wanna look for, all right? If everybody on Alibaba is already selling it, uh, regardless of if it's on Amazon or not, it's a, sometimes a an indication that it's about to get saturated. So whether we're talking Alibaba, whether you're talking Amazon, you don't wanna see tons and tons of almost the exact same product. What else can you look for, all right? What about not enough demand for the keywords, all right? In that workshop, I use the example of a sumo belt. Anybody you know out there? Anybody? Nihonjin irashaimasu Are there any Japanese people out there? You guys would know what I'm talking about when I say the word mawashi. Mawashi. Anybody else know what mawashi is? Mawashi is the sumo belt. No, it is not a diaper. It gets me so mad when people call it that. I used to be a sumo wrestler, all right? So me personally, I might... All right, might I love I do <laughs> love sumo wrestling. All right, so maybe me personally, I'm thinking, man, a mawashi or sumo belt that's going to be really big on, on Amazon because I love it. Other people love it too. But if I use a tool like Helium 10 and I look up what the search volume is, you know, like how many people are searching for this word mawashi or sumo belt? All right, for example, sumo belt in November was searched less than one time a day, average less than one time a day. So not enough demand, that is important too. Regardless of your personal affection for a product, if other people are not searching for it, that is a sign to stay away, unless you had other indications that there was gonna be you know, some demand, okay? But pretty much, um, I don't think there's any indications anywhere that uh, sumo belts or mawashis are going to all of a sudden get super, super popular out there, all right? So think about that, you gotta take your emotions out of it. You could be totally in love with a certain kind of product, but you're not gonna be buying all your products. You don't make any money if you just buy your own products. You need other people to buy the products. And how do other people buy the products? It's if they're looking for it. So if people are not looking for the product, if there's not search volume for that product, there's no products that are uh, have sales at all on it, guess what? That is probably another sign that you should probably stay away. Uh, another thing that I look at it is the price point is too low. Now. You might be thinking, wait a minute, Bradley, didn't you just talk about Project 5K where you, you launched some products for only $400, $500? Yeah, that's true. So if you have no money and you wanna get your, your feet wet, go ahead, sell a product that only costs like five or $6, all right? But like you type in kids toothbrush on Amazon right now, half the products on page one are like four and $5. I mean, I don't even know how those guys are making any money at that kind of price point. You gotta pay Amazon a minimum, if I'm not mistaken, in most categories of $1, all right? $1 or 15%, whatever is lower. And uh, what else, uh, or whatever is higher, I should say, but what, what else are you having to pay? You're gonna have to pay to get the product manufactured and ship it and ship it to the customer. Like, I don't even know how these people make money at $5. So if you see like uh, this main keyword that you're searching for, tons and tons of listings with pretty much uh, with pretty much, you know, less than like five or $6 or even $10. Um, to me, again, that's another situation where I might want to stay away, right? 
So these are all things that are, are kind of like indications of not that much opportunity. So what's the opposite? Well, let's, let me just get into a couple um, of these, these three main ways I want to talk about of finding opportunity. And this first section that I'm going to kind of talk about is how do you find products with high demand, but there are indications of opportunity. So the question I have is, and I'm sure you guys have is, well, what indicates high demand of a specific product? What do you guys think? Go ahead and say it out loud in your car right now. What indicates high demand of a product? How do you know something's in demand of a product? Guys, if you just said search volume, you're wrong because I said product, all right? You don't know what the search volume for a product is. You know what the search volume for a keyword is. We'll get to that a little bit later. But what indicates demand for a product is, hey, sales. Is the product selling, all right? If a product is selling well, it obviously has demand, okay? So one thing that I like to use for that obviously is Helium 10 Black Box for products. There's different tabs in Black Box and I use the products one in this situation. So, so a sample um, kind of search that I would do, and guys, please do not copy this exact search. You know, we have, uh, I believe, up to now 80,000 monthly listeners on this show. If every single one of these 80,000 are losing Helium 10 black box with these same exact, you know, uh, kind of filters, that's not a good thing. So obviously, guys, we have a million filters in here. Change things around. Pick different prices. The odds of you guys... Uh, all on your own, choosing your own filters and coming up with the same thing is super low. Uh, the odds of everybody coming up with the same thing, if you guys are all gonna copy my filters here, <laughs> is pretty high, all right? So again, this is just a sample. So what I like to do, since we just said that sales uh, is a good indicator of demand for a product, I'm gonna use the monthly revenue filter in Black Box. And I usually put a minimum of 3,000 a month, 4,000 a month, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, anywhere in between there. I want something that, hey, there is some activity on it. The next thing I like to do, uh, we talked before about how it might not be opportunity if all these products are like $6 and $7 and $10, there's not much profit margin. I like to put a minimum and maximum price. And this is different for everybody, all right? Uh, I am launching a product uh, next week, actually, that has a price point of like $65, okay? Nine months ago, when I first started Project 5K, I didn't have the kind of cash available. You know, I'm not getting money from Helium 10 for this. I'm trying to kind of like taking this risk on my own. I didn't have no kind of stinking cash to put up for a product that cost, that retails $70, you know, so I started a little bit less. But now uh, I'm scaling up. I'm like, hey, I can afford to go ahead and invest in a $70 product. Now, some of you guys might not, and that is totally fine. You might not, might have been in my boat because why not? Like, sit, think about it. If a product is like $70, $80, $100 retail, the product price of it, you know, is might be like 15, 20 bucks or more. And imagine if your minimum order quantity is a thousand units, you know, ain't nobody got $20,000 just sitting around. At least, you know, most of us don't or did not. So that's fine. Now, if you do, hey, by all means, go for the more expensive products because by definition, there's going to be possibly less competition because there's not that many people who can afford those kind of things. But I think for the majority of the listeners here, we want something where it's not going to be so small where, you know, there's no profit margin, but it's not out of our budget for the minimum order quantity. So you pick what works for you. Um, I put in in my, my test little thing that I was trying to do for you guys, $20 to $40, all right? $20 to $40. The other thing I put is a maximum reviews of 50. This could be 50, you could put 75, you can put 100, you can put 200. The reason why I put a maximum review count of 50 is because just like we said, if there's a product that is, uh, or a keyword that's completely saturated with everybody has thousands of reviews, 
if a if a product only has 10, 15 reviews, they're probably not gonna get many sales because why would you pick that product? So to me, if I can find a product that has less than 50 reviews, less than 100 reviews, and yet it's still grossing thousands of dollars a month, do you understand why that could signify opportunity to me? The answer is because, well, it's one of two ways. There's not other a bunch of other products that all have thousands of reviews. Otherwise, why would they have picked this product with 40 reviews or 30 reviews? Maybe everybody else, all the competition only has 30 reviews. And and heck, if I, if I have a brand new product that only has one, two, three reviews, uh, it's a lot easier to go up against product that have 20 and 30 and 40 reviews than 20 and 30 and 40,000 reviews, all right? Does that make sense? Option two of why it could still indicate opportunities, let's say there are a bunch of products uh, in this niche that have thousands of reviews. Well, how in the world is this product getting sales then with only five or 10 or 15 or 20? Well, the other reason could be maybe it has some like super, super unique value add that none of the other products have meaning that it almost has no competition. Like uh, maybe it's some kind of special knife that has this uh, laser that cuts steak pristinely. You push a button on the knife, like and no other knife has that, right? It doesn't matter if it has one review and the others have 10,000. If somebody wants a knife with a freaking laser, that's an Austin Powers reference right there. Well, they're going to go ahead and get this knife. They don't care if it only has one review. That's the only one that meets their needs. And guess what? If there's only one or two products out there that meet the customer's need, what is that uh, indication of? Opportunity, all right? So that's why I, put, I like putting a maximum number of reviews. Other things, the filters that I use in black box, uh, I like putting a maximum of one variation. Uh, I like putting uh between one and two sellers, all right? Because I don't wanna see a whole bunch of wholesale or arbitrage products. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to find private label products. There's tons of filters in there. Now, at the time that I did this sample search for this workshop, a couple of the products that came up was like this bath kneeler with elbow rest. I was like, what is this? And, and, and guys, <laughs> trust me, this is what happens when you do product research. You are gonna find products that are selling that you probably didn't even know existed. I mean, I, I haven't had... Um, you know, small kids for about 15 years. You know, my kids are, are 16 and, and 19 years old. When me and their mom gave them a bath, we were just on our hands and knees. We didn't have no stinking pads, but I was like, what is this product? There's like pads on the ground so you don't hurt your knees. And then there's one right on the edge of the bathtub so you don't hurt your elbows. I'm like, oh my goodness, parents these days are so spoiled. Anyways, that's a product that I just found with that search. It's making estimated over $5,000 a month. It only had 45 reviews. I was like, hey, this looks uh, pretty interesting. You know, so I I looked at uh, it on Amazon. I was like, hey, this is an interesting product. The, the listing didn't look great. There's another sign that I like to look at is when listings don't look that great. Now, if it looked interesting to you, what would be the next thing that you'd want to know about that product? All right, well, I would want to know what keywords are driving the most of those $6,000 worth of sales, right? If it's making $5,000, $6,000, how are they making those sales? You know, if we're not talking about Facebook ads and things like that, hey, they're getting a lot of those sales through keywords, whether it's from organic searches or sponsored searches, et cetera. So the way that you can get what keywords are driving the sales of that product is by using Cerebro, another Helium 10 tool, all right? I just put that ASIN in and I could just look at where, what high search volume keywords is this product on like the top 10 or get first organic positions. And guess what? Those are the, the keywords that are most likely driving the majority of their sales. And then what's the next step? Now I start looking at those keywords. You know, I maybe I know I can compete with that one product by itself, 
But we all know we don't usually compete with just one product. You got to compete for the keywords and other products that are on those keywords. So, you know, when I ran Cerebro, I saw that one of those main keywords is bath, kneeler, and elbow rest pad. When I looked at that, um, I was like, hey, you know, it, lo it looks okay. There's some products. There's only like three or four products that have less than 100 reviews. So maybe there's some opportunity. I went to Alibaba and I looked at Alibaba using that same keyword and heck, I found like a, a few that were like $6 and $7 and $8. So the next step after that, if I, if I have a, a quote from a factory, is I go back to that listing that I found on Amazon. And I'm going to use the Helium 10 Chrome extension that's called Profitability Calculator. It's actually free to use. And what it does is it brings in all the dimension and the size and the weight and stuff of that product on Amazon. And the, the figures that I put in there is what I want to put as my retail price if I were going to sell the product. And I put the cost of that product. All right, so what I did was I, I plugged in that that quote that I got from Alibaba. I said, hey, I'm gonna sell this thing for 33 bucks and this is how much it's gonna cost me to ship and um, it's gonna cost me six bucks or seven bucks to manufacture. And then based on that, instantly I got an estimate, all right? It's saying, hey, if, if you sell this product, every single unit, you're gonna make, you know, before your PPC cost, about $12.50, which is 37% profit margin. So again, I'm not saying everybody go out there and and um, buy this bath kneeler or whatever, but that's the basic in a nut, in a nutshell the process that you can take. Right, you are not going to hit a home run on the very first thing you do. So my suggestion is if you're if you're, if you're using this search for products, do like this uh, five or six or seven times, and then just go through and pick what the best one is. And it might take you a couple of days, but trust me, it is a super fun way to search for products. Now that's just one way to search for products that have indications of opportunity. There are tons of other filters that are in black box there that you can use. We didn't even go over the shipping size. Like what if I want to find oversized products because maybe I have some special way to ship it. I didn't even look at the filter for age of the listing. That sometimes is an indication of opportunity. If a lot of the products are selling well and they're not that old yet. Number of images is another great tool that or a great filter that I like to use because if I can find a, a good selling product and they've only got like one or two images, I know my listing is gonna look a lot better, all right? So now searching for products, you know, that's a great way to find opportunity on Amazon. It's one of the first ways. Helium 10 did not come up with that way, guys. I mean, other tools and other uh, Amazon sellers have been using that kind of methodology to find products for a long time. Now, there's tons of other ways though to find opportunity. Now this next method I'm gonna talk about is the exact method that I used to find a product that I sold out in two months of for $20,000 gross revenue and $5,000 profit in one of those Project 5K case studies, all right? And that method is searching for high demand keywords instead of products. Still my favorite way of searching for products is actually not searching for products, it's searching for keywords. So the question here, similar question as I asked you before, what indicates now if a keyword is in high demand? What do you think? Go ahead and say it out loud. What indicates if a keyword is in high demand? And the answer is search volume. Are people searching for it? Is there demand? Are people typing it in to their Amazon search bar and searching for it, all right? So I love looking at search volume, or in other words, the approximate number of times that customers are using a search term because that is a great indicator that something could be in demand, okay? And, and you can't, again, you can't go and just like know yourself what people are searching for. You've got to be able to use a tool like Helium 10 
that uh, has algorithms that can estimate this because trust me, it, the, the keywords that you think are searched more, usually they're not because people are not the same as you. The way that you search might be different than the way the majority searches. So what are the sample filters that I use in black box, all right? We, we're in a different tool now. We're, we're now in black box for keywords, all right? We're in black box for keywords. We talked about uh, what signifies demand for a keyword, that's search volume. So again, I'm gonna put a minimum right, of search volume. Now, everybody asks me, Bradley, is there some like magic number that you use for what is the best search volume? No, there's no magic number, right? Uh, sometimes I'll put 1,000 in, sometimes I'll put 2,000. Some people wanna put 7,000. You wanna put 8,922, great, be my guest, all right? For this sample that I did uh, in a live, you know, uh, a test here in Helium 10, I put in a minimum of 2,000 search volume. I put average price. I was like, hey, average price of the products that are the top products on page one. I was just like, you know, show me something between 15 and $50. Show me something with an average review count of less than 125. And uh, some of the words that came up with is bean sprouts machine. What? What is a bean sprouts machine? And chimenea cover. I was like, chimenea cover? Is that even a word? Is that Spanish? Like, ¿qué es esto? You know, like, and, and I, I, I just, Search it, go ahead and search it right now, guys. It's it's a real keyword. It is searched for, believe it or not, about 5,000 times a month. Chimenea cover. And, and I didn't even know that people buy this kind of thing. But I looked at it, I was like, this looks pretty interesting, all right? And I, what's the next step? I would do the same thing that I talked about in the first uh, section. I would go check out Alibaba, get some quotes, run it through profitability calculator. But this to me actually is a better way than searching for products, it's searching for keywords. So guys, make sure to check out that methodology as well. In the uh, black box for keywords, again, there's tons of other filters in there that maybe you didn't even uh, know were in there, such as the number of images again, and the age and the shipping size, all of those things. Now, even more than just in general searching for keywords, my new number one way of looking for opportunity is not just looking on the keyword and what the average of the products on page one are doing. I love to really laser focus how I consider opportunity on a keyword search results list by only the top 10 search results because so much of the sales of a product and the activity are happening within the top 10 of the search results for a keyword, all right? Now, most of the time, guys, those are where the stiff competition is. So we've got some brand new filters in uh, Helium 10. I mean, they're not brand new anymore. They've been around for like four or five months, but it allows us to kind of really dive in and, and see the characteristics of the products on page one, but just laser focusing to those top 10 products. So what I like to do is I use the competitor revenue and I put a minimum of five that are making more than $5,000. Now, I know this is hard to visualize as you're driving in your car, so let me try and explain that. So basically, I'm telling Helium 10, show me a keyword where out of the top 10 results, at least five of those 10 products have estimated revenue of more than $5,000. Does that make sense, guys? All right, at least five out of the top 10, and that to me, or and to many people says, hey, there's some demand for this. The other thing that I do is I say, out of the top 10 products, show me at least five that have less than 75 reviews. All right, so at least five. So those are the two that I did in my little test right here. And, and when I put both of those filters in, I'm telling Helium, Helium 10, it has to match both of these 
situations. It's got to have more than five competitors that are making more than $5,000. But at the same time, there's got to be five or more that have less than 75 reviews. And a few of these products that came out when I did a search, this was a few weeks ago now, was was pretty amazing because it was a bunch of, uh, a lot of uh, products that really just popped up in 2020. For example, sneeze guard for desk. If you said that in 2019, sneeze guard for desk or social distancing floor decals, guess what guys, these are both ones that came up in my search. People will be like, are you speaking a different language? Are you from Canada or something? Like, what the heck are you talking about? Social distancing floor decals, you know? All right, that, that's crazy. But now in 2020, 2021, we all know what that kind of stuff means. Those were keywords that had 7,000 and 17,000 searches uh, per month, respectively. And both of them had a bunch of listings on the top 10 that had less than 75 reviews. So that right now is probably my favorite way to find opportunity, guys. And that, I mean, I, I hope you guys understand this. You know, like I said, the, the black box for products and that methodology, that's nothing new. You know, people have been using that kind of thing for years. Helium 10 did not come out with this. This here, I have never, ever seen in any tool or anybody's strategy before where you can just enter filters of say, hey, I want to see more than this and out of the top 10 products, less than this. I wanna see this, I wanna see that. We even have a filter where you can say, hey, show me products that are maybe seven out of the top 10, they have less than 4.0 star rating. You know, it's crazy. Like, well, first of all, let me, let me see if you guys are paying attention. Why would that be opportunity to you? Say it out loud, guys, say it out loud. Why would, do you think I would wanna see a bunch of listings on page one that have less than four stars. Well, duh, if, if they have bad reviews, if I come in and fix their problem and I've got five stars, I'm gonna be instantly better than them. So this, guys, is just an amazing way to find product opportunities. So another way is checking trends. This is the last uh, main way I wanna talk about today, checking trends off of Amazon, all right? We talked about this in Project X, remember with that wooden egg tray, how, egg carton and egg tray seem to be saturated on Amazon. But when we went to Etsy and Pinterest, we were able to see that there was opportunity because people were not doing wooden ones and there was demand off of Amazon for that. One of the ways that I just recently did uh, on this workshop is I used the keyword, I think it was like wine rack, all right? You look on wine rack on Amazon, it's a lot of the same stuff. People have got tons of reviews. I'm like, eh, it's not that great. You know, same thing egg holder, right? Egg holder doesn't look that great, but what happens when you type in egg holder nowadays and this other wine rack onto like Pinterest and Etsy, it's completely different what you see on there. You'll see these kind of like cool zigzag wine racks that, that don't even show up on Amazon. You'll see some like these weird looking uh, like cabinet kind of things. And let me tell you guys, let me tell you guys right now, I said this live when I did the full workshop, I was doing all these research live and and when I did it first, I was like, wait a minute, I never saw this like a year ago when we were doing the egg holder for Project X. Now it looks like there's this new trend of like these little egg shelves that have like chicken wire and like weird things. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and do a test listing for this and see, and I might add this to the Project X account. And sure enough, guys, I did a test. I'm like, you know what? There might be something here. So I actually have right now a sample going out to uh, China and that's gonna be produced for Project X. This is like trying to see if we can get some traction with a new trend that was coming up on Pinterest. So the reason why I like looking at Etsy and Pinterest, and if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, this is within the uh, Helium 10 Freedom Ticket Program. Uh, that's part of Helium 10 is the Project X case study we did 
where we explain how Etsy and Pinterest are sometimes months ahead of demand on Amazon. Why is that? Well, on Amazon, it takes a long time to develop a product, you know, unless you, you, you're a humongous operation, right? You know, like, like there are some products, like I said, I'm, I'm launching a product next week. Uh, uh, that process for this product started like five, six months ago, you know, where I started uh, researching it and then getting samples done and doing prototypes and test listing and the shipping and all that stuff. This is a long process. If you're selling on Etsy, you have an idea and you got a wood shop in the back of your house, you just go to your wood shop and you make it and it's on Etsy the next day. Pinterest, even faster. Like if you have an idea of something that's cool and trendy, you just pin it in like one second and it's pinned, all right? So the the, the curve there for, for like trends is a lot faster on Etsy and Pinterest, all right? But here's a question like, wait a minute, Bradley, you were talking about there's gotta be existing demand, right? Now, for example, remember I said that I searched on Etsy and Pinterest and I saw these like zigzag wine racks, right? That are all over the place, but not on Amazon. Now, I went to Helium 10 in Magnet and I looked up zigzag wine rack. It only has one search a day, all right? So you might be like, wait a minute, Bradley, you told us that that's an indication of no opportunity if there's low search demand. But remember, I said there, there needs to be demand for the product. I didn't say it only had to be on Amazon. What validates the demand for me is off of Amazon, but still, it's not like a slam dunk. You're, you're still kind of taking a risk. So one way you can help minimize the risk is you make the test listing. And we talked about this uh, in, in Project X, all right, where maybe I'll buy like two or three or four units from Etsy, or I'll get three or four or five samples made. And what I'll do, I'll just buy it retail, whatever, I'll pay for it. I'll throw it up. I'll make a, a kind of ridiculous ridiculously bad listing because I don't want to get sales from it, all right? So I make a bad listing with some bad pictures. I throw it up on Amazon for like 2X, like 2X the price that I would ever sell this because all I'm looking for is data. Then I I set up my PPC for it. I set up super high bids so I can get to the top of the, the page, right? And what am I looking for? I'm looking for a few things. I'm looking for how many impressions am I gonna get? Like is Amazon... Does Amazon see with their algorithm that, hey, this deserves some 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 impressions? Like, am I gonna get a lot of impressions? And it's not just a search, that's, that it's not equal to search volume, you know? You have like 10 impressions on a PPC, it's not like, that's not 10 searches, you know? That's like somebody searches one thing and then they click into one product and maybe they see your ad at the bottom of that page. And then they click on another product but then the ad starts following them all over the Amazon. So there could have been one search but there could have been up to 10 PPC impressions for that one search or even more because the ad follows them all over the place. But anyways, you know, if, if there's no activity for that keyword, then there's not gonna be any impression. So that's the first thing I'm looking for. I'm also looking for, can I get clicks? Like even with a bad listing, is it, is it, does it stop people in their tracks? Or like, is there, does it intrigue them so much that even with a bad listing, they can see the price is like a hundred bucks or something. Are they gonna click on it? If so, it's like, wow, that's pretty cool because that means there must be some demand. And more importantly, the reason why I want clicks is I wanna know about how much am I gonna pay per click for PPC if I were going to do a launch of this product, all right? Uh, it's not gonna be exact, but you can't go by what Amazon suggests because those things are sometimes way off. So that's what I uh, do uh, is when I have something where I'm not sure if there's enough demand on Amazon, or even if I am, if I am pretty sure I am, I still always do a test listing first just to kind of validate that. And that one egg thing, I actually did that after I did this workshop, I did that test listing. Um, and like I said, I, I had it for on there for like one day and it sold out for like a hundred and something dollars. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, so I'm like, yep, I think there is demand for this. So I, I have that actually on the way 
to China to go uh, to go get produced. So guys, these are some great ways to, to really search for opportunity on Amazon. There's more ways that I went over uh, in that workshop, all right? Uh, we talked about merch by Amazon as a way that requires like no money. Uh, you know, there's no investment um, to to do merch by Amazon. That's like their print on demand service. Now, what what's the bonus ones? Let, let's do a little BTS. Uh, remember, whatever uh, you want BTS to means Bradley's thirty seconds or Busan train system. That's a, a Korean drama reference right there. Anyways, whatever BTS uh, means to you, let's go ahead and let me give you my thirty second tip for the day. All right, my thirty second tip for the day is uh, play on that favorite method of searching for keywords. Remember how I said looking at top 10? Well, I had said, hey, I wanna search for a minimum of products that have $5,000 of revenue in the top 10, et cetera, right? My bonus tip is do the opposite of that too. Look for keywords that have a maximum number of good sellers in the top 10, why? Because sometimes you're able to get in on things that the demand is really, really brand new and eventually there's gonna be five people that are making $5,000, but right now maybe there's only one or two. So I did that in a search and, and I saw some things like sloth planter. I'm like, sloth planter, who the heck buys a sloth planter? But guess what? This is a product where there's like one or two guys who are crushing it and everybody else has low sales. So to me, that's opportunity. So guys, do the opposite method. You're not gonna find that in the videos in, in the learn button. So that's why this is uh, my bonus tip is do the opposite of what I say in the learn video for those advanced filters and what I talked about today, and you can still get some pretty cool um, results from there. Let me go ahead and give you also uh, my seven bonus signs of opportunity. We talked about all day today about my the different signs of opportunity that I look for. Um, here are some other things I like looking for. Uh, number one, no sponsored ad results. Like you're like, what, does that even exist? Yeah, sometimes you'll search a keyword and you don't even see any PPC. There's nothing that says sponsored. So that to me, I like, you know, if I see that more than a couple days, because I'm like, wait a minute, these sellers don't even know how to do PPC, what's going on here? Or uh, maybe there's so few sellers doing PPC that the budget already went out or there's nobody, you know, there's nobody can even afford any budget for, for that page. I love seeing that. I like seeing non-terms of service images on the search results. What does that mean? That's like where they don't have a white background or maybe they're putting their product packaging or they have like words on there, or they have a website. All of these things, those guys can have their listing suspended at any time for having that. I like seeing that, you know, because that means, man, these are rookie sellers, all right? These are rookie sellers. By the time I launch the product, these guys could be off of Amazon or at the very least, they probably don't even know what they're doing, right? So I like looking at that too. Uh, what else do I like to see? Um, I like seeing uh, foreign language keywords that have search volume. Well, we have tons of that in, in Helium 10. And if you're using Magnet, if you're using Cerebro, you're gonna find those kind of keywords. Like uh, one that I found in my search was Jarritos de Barro Mexicanos. That's like, um, it's like, uh, I forgot what barro means. It's like iron or, or, or clay or something like that, right? But that's a Spanish keyword. And there are 2000 people searching for that and hardly any results. So if you launch a product and that was one of your main keywords, you might get to the top of page one. There is uh, even other kinds of languages coming up. There's Korean, uh, a Korean word that Helium 10 had that was searched for 2000 times and it was like a gardening tool. Like imagine like hardly anybody probably has the, a Korean word in their listing. So that to me might have been opportunity. 
Another thing that I look at, number four, is I love, 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 love finding irrelevant search results on page one of a high-volume search uh, search term. A great example of that was Coffin Shelf. You guys, for, for, for the longest time, if you type in Coffin Shelf, until now, now everybody in their brother and sister copied our Coffin Shelf, but there's like one or two Coffin Shelves on page one, and the rest were just like the most random products, like a bunch of random stuff that had nothing to do with coffins, nothing to do with shelves, et cetera. And to me, that's opportunity because it's like Amazon, there's so few products that Amazon knows is relevant to this keyword that they're just like throwing up random stuff there, all right? Remember, if a buyer goes to there and they are looking for a coffin shelf, they are gonna laser focus on the very few listings that actually do fit the keyword. So I love to see page one results that have a bunch of nonsense products uh, on there. It's not an Amazon error, it's just that there's nothing out there, there's not enough competition. Number five, I, I talked about this earlier, I love looking at multiple listings that have a few images on page one, all right? That's opportunity to me. Uh, I like seeing on page one a bunch of listings that are fulfilled by merchant. Now, I'm not talking about during COVID and stuff. I mean, we all know that nowadays some crazy things are happening with fulfilled by merchant getting the buy box over FBA. I'm just talking about in normal circumstances, if people don't even have FBA listings up, again, I know if I get an FBA listing, if I get prime badge, I'm gonna be instantly more attractive to those, to those customers who want their one and two day shipping. And the last thing, number seven of my bonus signs of opportunity is almost nothing on Alibaba. What does that mean? I don't wanna see a million of the same thing on Alibaba. I talked about that at the beginning of the episode. What I do wanna see is pretty much nothing. Like I, you know, you, you might think, wait a minute, Bradley, that, that's counterproductive, right? When we search for coffin shelf on Alibaba, there is nobody, not one coffin shelf on Alibaba. So what we had to do is we actually had to go find just a random wood shelf company and say, hey, can you make this in the shape of a coffin? Now you go on to Alibaba, the whole entire page is all coffin shelves, if you type in coffin shelf. So to me, I love, love, love seeing zero results or maybe only one on Alibaba because I know that now it's probably, it's gonna be at least you know four or five months before anything can get saturated. Anyways, guys, I hope you guys found that uh, beneficial. These are some of my, my top techniques. Uh, I go a little bit more into details. A lot of this is what I went over in that workshop. If you guys want a replay of that workshop, it's completely free, of course. I don't know if I mentioned at the beginning. It's completely free. Just go to h10.me forward slash products, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S. I hope I spelled that right, products, all right? If you guys... Uh, uh, watch or listen to this episode. I want to hear what your favorite strategy is, what you have you use. So make sure to hit me up on my Instagram, H10Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Let me know what your favorite strategy is. And a few months from now, I'll, what I really want to know is which one that you chose from what we talked about today and you actually went out and used and are now selling on Amazon. That's what I want you guys to do. Stop just listening to these podcasts. You know, we've done over 200 now and just, you know, love listening to it. That's great. You know, I can't imagine you love the sound of my voice, but I want you to be uh, listening to these podcasts for more than the terrible sound of my voice. I want you guys listening to actually learn the strategies and implement them. All right. Be a doer. All right. Don't have analysis paralysis. Take these, take notes, re-listen re to this episode, take notes, but then don't just let those notes collect us. I want you guys to execute on what you're learning here on the podcast from myself and from all these guests that we work hard to bring you guys. These guys have all been crushing it on multiple e-commerce platforms and I want you guys to follow their example 
and actually crush it yourselves. And then guess what? I'm going to have you guys on the podcast, all right? We have had so many people on the podcast that started from maybe where exactly uh, the moment or the, the position that you, a lot of you guys out there are. haven't sold a product, you're in a different job. I love to hear these kind of stories, you know, from zero to hero, right? So guys, put into practice what we went over today. Find your first product to sell on Amazon and then let me know about it in a few months. We'll see you guys in the next episode.